Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Martin Plant was recorded on July 15th, 2020 in transit. That's why it sounds a little different. Uh, Martin and I had a, about an hour-long conversation and I cut it down to 10 minutes because uh, Martin's lived through something that, unfortunately, lots of people in America and the world are living through, and that's coronavirus. So, if for some reason this is the first time you're hearing about coronavirus, good for you. Uh, It's uh, destroying the planet, it's destroying economies, and that's why we now have a Patreon. You could find that on youmethemabody.com in the podcast description. If you're listening to this on Spotify, great, thank you. Uh, We don't get anything from that. Go to youmethemabody.com. Patreon link is in the podcast description. Martin Plant, living through coronavirus, here it is. If you, in America, bar the exception of maybe one or two incredibly small places or incredibly rare towns that are taking this super seriously, yeah, there's no way you can be safe at all. Like, especially when the people like Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, the people who are in charge of telling you how to be safe are being muzzled. That's not a good way you know what I mean? If somebody says, hey, no, this is a terrible idea, don't do that, and instead of not doing it, you just get that person to shut up, then no, nobody's nobody's safe. Like, if one person with a virus this contagious, if one person isn't safe, nobody's safe. Are any of your Kansas City friends taking this not seriously? Um, no, thankfully, because I think I would have a sizable problem with them if they did. Yeah. Um, I had it back in late February, so I had, mm-hmm, yeah, I had a little bit more of like, I mean, it's it's waning off now, but like at least for the month following that, I wasn't as worried because of, I had had it, so like, I'm fairly sure the antibodies last at least a couple of months. Now, according to science, it seems to be less than about six, so by this point, yes, I should probably be susceptible to it again, but... Fun stuff. Did your partner get it? Probably, but never showed symptoms. I I for sure had the symptoms. I was in bed with like a 103-degree fever for two days. Uh, I had like a cough that lasted five weeks. Like just, just like this insane cough that would like refuse to go away. But, I mean, and in a, I, I will always tell everybody in the world, never go to urgent care. Ignore urgent care. Let urgent care go out of business. They are beyond beyond the worst medical services you can ever receive in your life. Because on this occasion, I went to urgent care on the second day because it was my second day running a massive fever. I wanted to get a flu test. Mm-hmm. So I went to urgent care, sat in the urgent care, went in the back. They had me sign a form that's like, I haven't been to China. I don't knowingly know anybody who's had coronavirus. I mm-hmm. And then I go in the back. The woman asks me what my symptoms are. Doctor comes in, gives me the flu swab. You wait around while it comes back, and she goes, "Yeah, no, you don't have uh, you don't have the flu, so that's good." She's like, "You probably just have like some virus, you know. It'll work its way through." And I said, "Well, just as a random question, considering I have to sign a form on it, do you think it's any chance, you know, it would be that the coronavirus?" And she's like, oh, no, I'm sure. No, no, I'm sure it's not that. It's not that at all. So I then went about the rest of my day. Like, I went to the pharmacy to pick up yeah. medicine, like, without a mask on, because we weren't wearing masks back in February. No. 
We weren't. It wasn't supposed to be here back in February. So, like, that gives me guilt because I got told by a medical professional, like, yeah, you just have some random shitty virus. Like, don't worry about it. Drink fluids. You'll be fine in a week. I could have infected God knows how many people. Like, I mean, I was too sick to be going out and having fun, but I went to the pharmacy. I stopped off and picked up, like, food on my way home because I was hungry. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, even in that, like, I had this and was fully infectious with it. I was just tootling around, you know, running basic errands so I could go home and be sick. It's brutal. I only found out later because of antibody tests. Because when they started the antibody testing, I'm like, I'm sure as fuck I had that. So I went and got that, and sure enough, yeah, you did. But wow, it's, yeah, it's it's one of those things where that's, you know. But now that's what's crazy is like when you don't know, it sucks, but that's how things spread. There's no way that nobody in the planet now doesn't know what this is, and how it spreads, and how it works, yeah. and what you need to do to protect yourself. But the fact that you can have an entire subsection of people that not only don't want to do that, also just don't believe it's even real. I mean, the the level of thought and detail that would have to go into the entire planet coming together to create a fabricated hoax to fool a guy from rural Delaware is impressive. <laughs> My wife would go cover a Bernie rally in, uh, I want to say, Arizona and Michigan the first weekend in March. And on the last Saturday... In February, I did a 12-hour marathon, and at least the first four guests had all been recently sick or currently sick, two of which were coming like from New York on like a mega bus and an Amtrak. And I went to urgent care on um, Monday, March 2nd, and they also gave me the test. They also do all that stuff, and they're like, you don't have it. You probably have like post-nasal drip. They gave me something, whatever. She comes back from Detroit and uh, Phoenix, and she's like, I think I'm sick too. But within a week, it's fine. So, like, the likelihood of one of us having it is also very high, too. If you've been around humans, the likelihood that you either have had it or, you know, it's been through your system at some point are very high. But thank you for proving my point on urgent care because urgent care are fucking dog shit and need to be closed. Like, they... the public service they provide is not worth it. Like, it's not. They just give people bad information. I agree with the urgent care as a whole, pro- like, problem, but I don't think the people working there are the problem. Does that make sense? I think, like, the way it's set up, it's just it's set up to fail or not do enough, which is failure. I mean, I, as far as I understand it, most urgent care doctors are regular doctors that do this on, like, their day off, or they do it for training, yeah. or they do it for – yeah. So, I mean, is that really – is that really – a good thing in the first place? Oh, like, hey, here's a tired doctor that doesn't really want to be here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not... You wouldn't want surgery from a guy who's just coming off a raging bender. Like, why would you... You know what I mean? Like, I, I just... I think it does more harm than good. Because, again, if you went to urgent care with the fucking coronavirus, which is likely that you had, and they went, yeah, don't worry about it. Go on about your life. And I went to the urgent care with the coronavirus, and they were like, yeah, no, it's fine. Go about your life. How many deaths overall do you think that urgent care are responsible for, for completely giving people false information by not doing any testing? You know what I mean? Like, It's not urgent care's fault if tests aren't available. You know what I mean? It is not. It is not that I agree with and you. I think, that's what, I think that's the actual issue here. And I think that if there was enough tests, there were enough N95 masks, we don't have this issue. 
I disagree on that part. I mean, yes, like the the failure of equipment and um, and things like that. I mean, absolutely, like I've got no argument with you. Okay, it's been four ish months. The U.S. death total is now. We have a nine eleven literally every other day in terms of the death total. Uh, yeah. You didn't live in the United States during nine eleven. How was it no. where you were? Uh, I mean, it was huge. It was one of those things that, like, I remember. Because I think the thing that's bizarrely overlooked is like where you are in the world, how that was was very different based on what time of day it was. So for you, it was like like nine ten o'clock in the morning. So for England, that was like three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I was in college, and I had gotten out early for the day. And so I went home and I was making something to eat and uh like the TV sort of interrupts to be like, oh, you know, breaking news, plane hits, you know, tower in New York. And everybody went, oh, shit, that's that's crazy. You know, but then obviously as the second, like while they were doing that coverage because the jumbo jet going into a building, it's huge news, you know, the second plane hit and then they started to realize like something was up and then everybody, I think, like learned to do that in real time. But yeah, I mean, 9-11 was like a global thing because it, it just it just was. It was just such a big, uh, a big thing to happen. It feels like we're probably the same age then because I was a freshman in college. It feels like the world took 9-11 more seriously than the United States is taking coronavirus. I mean, do you want to know truthfully why I think that is, though? I mean... I would love to know that, yes. Is it racism? Because I, I think that's a very good answer. I think it's blame. I think 9-11, you can blame bad people in a place. You can be, bad people did this, so I can be angry and I can demand justice and retribution. With this, uh-huh. in, in an essence, the blame lies with you. Like, there's no one yeah. to really blame for this. Like, you can, you know, you can put the blame on if if it does come out that the theory that holds the most water is that this Chinese laboratory had an accident and or, you know, wasn't paying attention to safety standards and it got admitted that way, then you can be kind of mad at that. You can be like, the fuck are you guys doing over there? But really, there's there's no set blame. It's just, it's a thing. It's a virus. It's a disease. Diseases do yeah. this kind of stuff. And so you have to internalize all that. And also, like 9-11, you could see it with your eyes. Like you saw a thing go boom, and then you saw buildings go bang, and then you saw running and screaming and people. Like it fit your definition of a scary big event. This, like if you open your window and look outside, it's a nice normal day. If you go outside, you know, you can walk around. It smells like fresh air. You know what I mean? You can wave at your neighbors. Everything seems fine. And people always... Just throughout human history, people have always had a harder time with something that isn't, you know, doesn't seem dangerous. I mean, it's the same reason, you know, people still don't practice safe sex all the time. It's like, yeah, well, you know what I mean? It's one of those things. It's out of sight, out of mind. You can just, if it doesn't look like an immediate present danger to you, then it's very much easier to ignore. Or it's easier to not take it as seriously and things like that. Maybe um, 137,000 coffins lined up in some place hands across America, but just coffins across America. Maybe that would get the message through. You'd hope, but 
this is the age we live in, man. We live in a bizarre time where facts don't mean anything. That's what's insane about it. Like, the whole thing I was telling you earlier about, like, what just unsettles me as a person is, like, that we're living through the looking glass. Like, you know what I mean? The the logical rules that you're thinking of where you're like, well, if we could show people in a certain way, it would break it through to them. And it's like, no, it probably wouldn't. 